Do you spend hours in your head thinking about something that happened, could have happened, or might happen? Do you ask others what to do so you don't make a mistake? Welcome to the Playing It Safe podcast. I am Dr. Z, your host. I am a clinical psychologist, an author, and a person that is super passionate about sharing with you science-based skills to overcome any type of fear-based struggles. Who doesn't experience fear? Who doesn't play it safe? In this show, we will discuss how fear-based reactions happen in day-to-day life, how playing it safe behaviors look like, sound like, and feel like, how you can put into action solid tips from behavioral science to get unstuck from worries, fears, obsessions, and anxieties, and how you can start doing what works, what matters, and what you care about. Behavioral science doesn't have to be boring. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. Do you remember last week when your mind was criticizing you and asking you to play it safe? Using acceptance and commitment skills act, you're always invited to bring awareness to your internal experiences, especially when you are feeling stuck in a habit or unhelpful behavioral pattern, such as overthinking, procrastinating, or others. Within ACT, you're also invited to figure out your personal values and take action towards what truly matters to you. Hi guys, this is Dr. Z, and in this episode of the podcast, Julianne McNally and I discuss those values-based actions that you can take when your mind tries to convince you to engage in old behavioral and unhelpful patterns. You will hear us talking about a core process within ACT that is called creative hopelessness. We also chat about values-based behaviors, values-based exposures, how you can practice acceptance when things get very messy, how you can focus on doing your best, not necessarily on being the best, and how you can focus on what's happening right now instead of focusing on why things are happening to you in a given moment. And if you want to do a live audit and check how you're really living your life, you can go to the website www.thisisdrz.com and download a values-based journal. The values-based journal gives you a 30-page template to understand what values are and to check how you are living those values in different areas in your life. This is one of my favorite activities to do usually every three months because I think it's easy to live our life in an automatic and pilot mode. And it's easy for all of us to do things as we usually do. And I think it's easy also to keep responding to our internal struggles in the same way. Stepping back and checking how I am really living my life is one of my favorite activities. Usually, it's scheduling my calendar. I book some time to reflect and look at different areas of my life and answer myself key questions to check the changes that I need to make, to check how I am relating to my own worries, fears, anxieties, to check which area of my life needs more attention and more effort. 
I can honestly tell you that completing this activity on a regular basis over the years has been extremely impactful in who I am today. Imagine for a moment how it will be for you if you spend time checking how you're living your life and how you're relating to your internal struggles. Not only you increase your sense of awareness, but you also see different actions that you need to take. So I really hope that starting today, you download this 37-page template and start using it on a regular basis. Imagine how it will be if every three months you pause to check how you're really living your life. Are you taking action towards becoming the person you want to be or not? Without further ado, let's jump onto the episode. I wish you a great week. Bye-bye. And then the other aspect that I do want to say how much I appreciate is that it is hard to behave differently than what our mind tells us or the stories that tell us. But here you are. While it may not be perfect, it is getting out of the comfort zone by having to talk mm. to another person. The behavior by itself is different because you're not mm. spending the next 20 years trying to figure out whether you expand your practice on your own without checking with anyone. The behavior by itself is different. Yeah, one, one of my clients taught me that saying, um, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Yes. And, and so much procrastination is about, you know, we, we try to pick out everything that could go wrong and have a plan for that. And then, oh, it all gets too hard. So let's not even start. That's right. Uh, yeah. Um, as you were sharing, this is struggle with postponing things. You mentioned also there was other time when you were in acting a school and that was a uh -huh. different plane, it's safe a story. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. This this is one of my favorite ones, and I try mm -hmm. to try to remind myself of this because you know, I I feel like the approach I take to my clients is it's almost like what have you got to lose? You know, mm -hmm. you know this this um, process of creative hopelessness we have in act of like, and and I, I love hearing Steve Hayes, for instance, talk about his um, panic disorder and going. You know, that time he's lying on the floor going, "This is enough." You know, I'm not doing this anymore. Yes. Um, you know, when people can be encouraged to stand up to, uh, you know, if you want to call it their disorder, but but whatever has held them stuck. Saying, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to do it a different way. And, and this story is a good illustration of that. Um, so, so I got into acting in high school, mm -hmm. and it, it's like, you know, I was talking before about how I could read as a kid. You know, I used to love reading fiction and, um, you know, science fiction, especially, and I imagine all kinds of things. So, drama kind of appealed to me, even though I was incredibly shy as a kid. And, and it was sort of like, you know, you'd say, what do you do with a shy kid? Send him to drama school and <laughs> learn to be more outgoing. Um, that wasn't, that wasn't what I was thinking. It was more just that I wanted to see the things I could imagine turn into reality. And I mm -hmm. think that's the same as any writer, performer does. And so I got into, into 
plays at um, at school. And this was around the time that my eyesight started going bad. Mm-hmm. But that was a good thing because, you know, I'd be in like The Tempest by Shakespeare and, I, of course, I wouldn't have my glasses on. So I couldn't see the audience. So I, wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't worried about what people were thinking because I didn't know. <laughs> it's like if we were doing a scene from Twelfth Night and it's supposed to be funny, I don't know how much, like somebody's laughing. doesn't matter if it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's not like, you know, I can't see them. They can't hurt me. It's like a kid. I mean, you can't see me, you know, when they close their eyes. So... Yeah. <laughs> so so that kind of allowed me to get into acting enough and and um rich fantasy life so I developed this fantasy that I could go to uh, Australia's top acting school NIDA National Institute for Dramatic Arts um so it's where all these people like Mel Gibson and I think Kate Blanchett and all those people have been to and um I auditioned at, at the end of uh high school did an absolutely terrible audition. I had no idea what I was doing. You know, I just hadn't performed enough, hadn't prepared enough, hadn't worked with other actors or directors or anything like that. Three years later, I'd done a a lot of youth theatre and a lot of amateur theatre and, you know, training in different classes. And I found a fantastic um, couple of pieces to perform, one by Eugene O'Neill, one by Steve Burkoff. And the Steve Burkoff piece was uh, like about a um it was a rewriting of a greek tragedy um i think it's called agamemnon mm-hmm. but it's the the um i think he's a spartan king and there's this scene where a uh messenger comes running from this battle and tells the story you know we had to do a monologue as, as part of our audition pieces so I, I method of acting. I ran from my home the four kilometers to the to the place where the auditions were happening. And then, you know, we did some warm-ups and introductions and so on. And then they said, Okay, we we now want you to prepare your first piece that you're going to perform for all of us. So it's like we're all in this big room, you know, there's like thirty young actors or whatever. Go and prepare your first piece. And I wanted to prepare, okay, this guy's exhausted. So I started running around the room. Meanwhile, all the other people are kind of miming their piece to a wall or to the mirror or, you know, to space, but they're whispering. Oh. A little form, a little um, plan developed in my mind. (laughs) If I open my mouth and let my voice out, you know, it, it's like the mic drop moment yeah. you know, because that's exactly what I did. So I ran around the room twice or three or four times, you know, got a bit out of breath and then shouted the first line and went through my whole piece like that. But when I first spoke, <laughs> you could feel the room freeze. It was like, <clears throat> <laughs> and then George Whaley, the, um, the, the director of NIDA said at the end, I can only hear one actor using their voice. Could you please <laughs> rehearse your piece the way you plan to present? <laughs> and so I got in. It, it was like, you know, this guy has arrived kind of moment. Um, wow. Such a sweet moment. Such a sweet memory. 
very special moment. And, and it was, was like, yeah, I could see what were these other people doing? They were playing it safe. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, you know, and actors, oh, my God, actors, and I think even more so comedians um, because, you know, comedians can actually die on stage. <laughs> Actors, you know, you go, oh, that was that was not so good. Yeah, okay, I'll take my notes and try better tomorrow night. But you know, comedians, it's like you bomb. And this this brings me back to the story I was going to tell about the exercise in um in acting school that cured me yes. of stage fright because mm -hmm. we all had it. The it's hard. I hope I've I hope I've learnt my lines well enough. And you know, you used to have nightmares about being on stage and not knowing your lines or turning up and I haven't even read for this part. Why are you getting me to do this? Anyway, um, so in, in clown class. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Did you say clown class? Clown, yeah. I love right. it. <laughs> so so we, we got taught all these different skills. Like there was a voice class and mind class and um, dance. And uh, although don't ask me to dance. I'm a terrible dancer. <laughs> <laughs> I think no amount of training. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I, I may be wrong about that. Um, and, and by the way, I actually set that as, as homework for a client recently. I said, go do some ballroom dancing classes because social and you'll have to learn something that you're not good at and you're going to feel awkward. That's what you need to do. You need to, you know, get up close to feeling awkward. Yeah, it's yeah. another form of exposure and another sure. way of Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm always looking for things weird things I can get my clients to do with, <laughs> like exposure exercises but, but yeah in in clown class so you go okay what, what's a clown the clown's the person that makes people laugh mm -hmm. so the teacher said to us first session we had no preparation for this all right um you each have two minutes we want you up in front of the class make everybody laugh and that is like you know, unless you have a comedy um, skit already prepared or, or a, you know, set of jokes already prepared, what do you do? And we watched, you know, like I think I was in the middle, so I was hoping maybe I got lost. <laughs> it was like the first person does something and it's like, yeah, oh, this is awkward. This is, and, and, and now I'm going to have to do it. So we're all terrified. Oh, yeah, it's scary, yeah. And um, then the teacher says, okay, so you, you saw what happened. Now, we're going to practice doing what a clown does. So put on your red noses. So we all had the little red nose that we had to put on. Mm -hmm. And it's like that's already like a tiny bit funny, but not very much. But I want you to go around and look in the eyes of the person opposite you in the class and be present to another human being. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the things that happens, you know, group more than six or seven people almost every time is somebody laughs. <laughs> sure. And we, we found it. We found like you could go along the class and you'd make a connection with someone and they'd see something in your eyes and they'd smile and you'd smile and then you'd be smiling about them smiling and then you'd be laughing and then you'd be, you'd be in hysterics about, I don't know, are we laughing just because we're laughing or are mm -hmm. we laughing just because we're human? Mm -hmm. It was something like humans are inherently ridiculous. We're all, we're all funny. 
you know, you don't have to be a comedian to be funny. A human being is funny. Like we have these fantasies, we're going to change the world. And then, you know, you get your 70 years and then you get put in the ground and you turn into dust. And what does it all mean? Yeah, not much. It's like you might as well laugh at the big stuff as well as the small stuff. Wow. Wow. And so, you know, this crowd thinks that, you know, I'm not funny or clever or who cares? You know, really? Who cares? Why should I care? Like they'll walk on and get on with their lives. I'll walk on and get on with my life and, you know, we're all fine. That's incredible. You don't have to be anything special to be a comedian or a clown. You can just put on the red nose and, yes, then you find things. You find your own way of being funny, and that's what the rest of clown class was, was I about. See, I see. And, Julia, now if you are in front of a large group, if you are in front of a large crowd with lights in your face and sometimes you cannot see the crowd, and your mind may tell you, well, you know, what's going to happen now? What if you make a mistake? What would you do? Oh, um, really just let myself have the feelings. Mm. So so recent example, uh, at, at the um, World Conference in Dublin, um, I, I wrote a song and got up and performed it. And I thought it was the funniest thing in my own mind. This is before I exposed it to the public. <laughs> and the reaction I got, oh, I think I got a bit more than polite, polite applause. I think there were a few moments where people laughed, but I thought it was so clever and so funny. And so, you know, I was talking about that compare predict thing. So mm-hmm. I, I sort of compared what I was aiming for. My prediction was that's what I'm going to get. My evaluation was, no, you are a long way off that. <laughs> and so there, there was this, Feeling after, you know, the mind's racing afterwards going, oh, maybe I should have done something really simple. Like, look, Hank Rob just did, you know, a, a song by Queen. That was, that was really easy. You should have made, you know, there's all this self-criticism afterwards. <laughs> Evaluation. It's like, yeah, okay, look at this. You're trying to get away from this. You made a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, and, but the other thing, you know, this is like the consolation for me is, hey, you had a go. You know, that's you. Pick yourself up and go again. So I didn't go and say, I'm never doing follies again. Nobody loves me. You know, this is like, no, you know, can I swear? <laughs> yes, you can swear. Yes. Okay. You were shit. Accept it. Move on. Everybody does shit sometimes. I know that. Yes. I have many shitty moments. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I have a collection of them. <laughs> yeah, so so my apologies already to my clients. Mm. That's okay, but you know, we we come back and have another go. You know, Julian, there is something inspiring you saying that because quite often we have all these rules about how we're supposed to be in the world, mm-hmm. and I think life is different when we can give ourselves permission to forgive ourselves when things don't go well, when we mess up, when we say the wrong thing at the wrong time. Because at the end, you're right. There will be the next moment and the next minute. And we can choose how we want to show up, right? How we want (laughs) to show up again and again. There's, yes, the, the book of life isn't written. It's like today, this moment, this hour. Have another chance. By the way, there's something you said there. I've just got to 
throw this in. Um, so Scott Miller does this exercise when he's when he's training a therapist where he says, close your eyes and now I'd like you to raise your hand if you believe you're a better than average therapist. And he says, on average, across all the audience he does this with, 95% of people put their hands up to, I'm a better than average therapist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's like, these are people who studied psychology and statistics. They should know that, no, only 50% of you can be <laughs> average. What's this crime? But it's worse because, you know, I know you, you've um, super, supervised other psychologists and I have too. And yeah. what's the big issue that psychologists bring to, oh, imposter syndrome, I shouldn't be a therapist, I'm um, terrible. It's like, that's right. Wow, are these the same people? <laughs> so, so this is where you and I are laughing, but I'm saying, yes, psychologists are humans and humans are naturally funny. Like, yes. And what, how can I, you hold those two contradictions? That's <laughs> I didn't know about that exercise from Scott Miller. That's really, really interesting. <laughs> Julianne, this has been such a rich, thoughtful and joyful conversation. I am super grateful from the bottom of my heart to have a chance to reconnect and to chat and to record this conversation. I have one last question. Oh, I think I know what this is. Uh, <laughs> I've listened to your podcast. So oh, my I goodness. Have a feeling oh, my I know goodness. what's coming. Okay, this is the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would like to have a cup of coffee, tea. You know, what, what you just said about this being a, a rich and enjoyable conversation, and you and I have, have laughed a lot, and... Yeah. You've heard a lot of my stories. I want to have a coffee with you so I can hear your stories. Oh, Julianne, I can't wait for that to happen, whether that's in... In, in fact, if, if I was in San Francisco or if you were in Melbourne, you know, this is the RFT thing. If I was here and you were there, <laughs> <laughs> you were me and I was you, <laughs> that would be a very weird experience for both of us. If I were you and you were me, yes. Although my Spanish would be a lot better. Um, <laughs> Someone that would be taller. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you'd see things you don't see currently. Um, like I wouldn't be like this. <laughs> but we could go out and get a coffee or, well, we'd go out and get a coffee here in Melbourne or probably go out and get a beer in San Francisco. It'd be great. It would be amazing. I'm going to be hoping that it happens soon for us, whether that's in Europe or Cyprus, where the conference is going to be, or in the States in 2024. But it will be such a treat to do part two of our laugh face to face. <laughs> it's all about Patricia. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I feel that it's such a treat to have a chance to chat with you. And thank you again for sharing all your insights. I've loved this. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to catching up with you. Thank you very much, Patricia. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, I will very much appreciate it if you will subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. And if you are feeling extra generous, I welcome a review on Apple Podcasts. Show notes of this episode are in the website playingitsafe.zone. Make sure to subscribe to my newsletter so you can receive more tips to stop all types of unworkable playing it safe actions. See you soon!